Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Andrew and I recorded this show before the awful events in Manchester this week. But it brought up to us very much um, a conversation that we had 18 months ago after the terrorism attack in Paris, where we discussed how you talk to your children about terrorism. I know that so many of you out there this week will have had to answer difficult, painful questions from your children. And we all thought that it was worth revisiting that conversation. So as well as all the usual fun, messy topics on this glorious mess this week, we'll also be talking about how to talk to your kids about things that just don't make sense. This glorious mess. Hello and welcome to This Glorious Mess. This is the podcast for everyone who keeps the best chocky bickies on the top shelf, out of reach of little hands. Of course, that's that's the annoying thing about your kids getting taller, is they can reach all the stuff that you didn't want them to reach. (laughs) Andrew's looking at me like, yes. I'm just thinking there's so much more than chocky biscuits. I'm just thinking there's so much more than chocolate biscuits that need to be raised. Out of reach. Out of reach. Oh, why, why would you put vodka in the freezer? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> what you, how'd you, why is it going for the ice cream? There's vodka. Why would you put vodka in? Oh. So true. <sighs> Watch out where you put things, people. I'm Holly Wainwright. I work at Mama Mia and I have two kids, Billy, who is four, and Matilda, who is seven. And I'm Andrew Dada, and I don't actually drink vodka. It's okay. <laughs> so you didn't need to do that disclaimer. No, I mean, I... as in, I don't think... I mean, I have. In your life. I have. <laughs> I don't even know why it's there. I've got three kids. One's 18. He wasn't the one who asked about the vodka in the freezer. It was the 16-year-olds. If I was you, since you've just had an 18th birthday party at your place, I'd check the vodka still is in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, check is still there. And we've got Who a, else have you got? A 13-year-old as well, who's rested from her... Day off last week. <laughs> That's awesome. If anyone didn't listen to last week's episode, you have to go and listen to Nailed and Failed because Andrew... Still embarrassed. Still embarrassed. Just the best. Coming up today, should we be, should we be worried about apps that let kids slice, plump, and inject faces? Yet plastic surgery games are a thing. Plus, did your toddler figure out you were pregnant before you told them? Don't be freaked out. You're not alone. But first, we have a bit of correspondence. Oh, this one's really exciting, Andrew, because we got we get lots of emails these days, which is great, and we love to hear from you. But this one's all the way from San Francisco. <laughs> I, I'm excited. Yeah, I hope I hope Ali is listening and she goes she put on a bit of an American accent for me for her San Francisco. <laughs> yes, Ali from San Francisco says, <laughs> I've been listening to TGM for a few years and I'm not even a parent and I never plan to be, but I'm at the age where all of my friends are having kids and I have some nieces and nephews, so I find the podcast is full of valuable info for me as well, which I think is brilliant. If you're listening and you're not a parent, you know way too much now. Way too much. I know, it's like a horror story actually. Just the thought <laughs> of Ali going uh, yeah, well, you know, I, uh, I, I heard that what you should do is, and say something that you and I have said. I know, and the friends are going, what? <laughs> what? How do you know about that? What? 
I also got a wonderful message on my on my Facebook, Holly Wainwright Online, this week from a listener who wanted to tell me that she got the best Mother's Day present from the Mother's Day stall at school, a used lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> if you are a parent who donates <laughs> a used lipstick to the Mother's Day stall, I am in awe of you because you are more busy and stressed out than I am. That's amazing. Anyway, keep your feedback coming. <laughs> TGM at mamamir.com.au or call our pod phone on 028999386. That's not true about the... It's true. No. Karen, she sent me this message. She said, love the show, blah, blah. She made me laugh about pasta necklaces and things. But this year, my kids gave me a used lipstick like it had been half, you know, how lipstick wears down. And it's true, at my kids' preschool, Billy's preschool, we always get hampers, you know, and you have to donate for the hamper. Yeah. And if you win the hamper, and I've often got it, and people just throw whatever in the basket, whatever on their way to work. Oh, my God. So I've got those miniature shampoos from hotels. Yeah, yeah. I got a covering Grey's hair dye. I'm like, what? (laughs) How do they know? How do they know? I have to say, what are you saying? But then I have to say that sometimes I've been in a real hurry and just thrown anything in there. So it's like some terrible bottle of like mango champagne that's been knocking around my cupboard for anyway. So terrible. Anyway. Mango champagne. I know. Who drinks that? Anyway, mm, well, if you do, no judgment. <laughs> okay. Why aren't you like all the other mums? Remember when the best game you could play on your phone was Snake? Well, kids today have a lot more choice on their smartphones and terrifyingly, or maybe not, depending on your perspective, many are downloading plastic surgery games that let them perform eye lifts and nose jobs. Gaming apps like Girls Plastic Surgery Doctor, of course it's for girls, Mm. Mermaids Plastic Surgery, Princess Plastic Surgery and Superstar Face are becoming increasingly common. The games are targeted at kids with their bright graphics, and even though many of them have age recommendations, 17 plus, there's no doubt that little kids are using them. Is this dangerous? Are these kind of games teaching our kids that plastic surgery do, is normal? What do you think, do, Andrew? Do you, do you remember the Brat Stoles? Yes. So Brat Stoles were the ones that they had uh, huge eyes. They're sort of like a, a characterization of a face, beautiful but huge eyes yes. and big. So this is a bit like the Brat Stoles, but you're able to do it yourself, whereas before you get the Brat Stole in the packet. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. So except this is this is basically you get a picture, and it can either be a picture of a real person or a cartoon, and you can go, oh, we'll just lift her eyes, we'll just slim her nose, we'll tuck up her double chin, yeah. and it's like plastic surgery for kids. I have thought of one upside of this because it would be very easy for me to rail against this because you know what I'm like when Mm. it comes to like girls and body image and Mm. all that stuff. It could be excellent training for your child to become a plastic surgeon one day. Yes. (laughs) And plastic surgeons, A, make lots of money, but B... Do good work. Plastic surgeons set, like work on burns victims, on children born with deformities. Look how I'm putting Look a positive spin on this. Look at you go. What do you think? Have yeah, I convinced you? Yeah, it's a great idea. And all, and then they, you could use the app as a as a tool of what you can achieve with someone's real face. So you could say, take the before photo and go. Look, have a look at this person, and now I want you to show you. This is what I was able to do, just on an app. So imagine what I could do with a real face. <laughs> is that what you're thinking? Yeah, well, maybe. Oh, I don't know. I think it's a pretty bad idea. It is a bad idea. I mean, I think the apps are a bad idea. To be honest, you're teaching your kids that people don't look right and you've you got to fix look, them. Yeah. But, you know, God, there's, like, so, you much, look at there's the, so many things to worry about. I think yeah, I might put this further yeah, down my this, list. Yeah, this could be on your Juanita Phillips uh, things not to worry about. Yes, list. that's right. Really? 
It really could. Did you like? Do you ever look at your face in the mirror? Right, you sit there and you look at yourself and go, because you've got nothing else to do. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I have hours where <laughs> I, I go. Why are you late? Like you're you're two hours late. Oh, I couldn't get myself out of the way of the mirror. Sorry. <laughs> oh, what are you looking at? Oh, one nostril is actually higher than the other one, unless I tilt my head and then they're the same height. <laughs> The thing is, young women do spend a lot of time looking at themselves because they're taking pictures of themselves all the time. Yeah. So they're they're obsessed with all their little flaws, which I think is why this is dangerous for kids. But you know what's what's interesting is so just with the apps. So with our younger one, she's got a. We went to the orthodontist. Her teeth look good to me. Yeah. Right. And he's that. I mean, there's you know, little little bit out. And the, he goes, yeah, so what we'll do is we'll do this and we'll do this. And, we'll, and I want to bring a jaw forward. I want to bring it forward. Why? why? I said, why? What? Why? Because I'm a tight ass. I'm going. Well, and also that sounds like a big thing. Yeah, uh, we'll bring the jaw forward and we won't be pushed. We'll, we'll bring it. And I went, but what? And he said, well, it'll help have a bite. And I said, but what? What? overall, what's the? He said, well, it could. she could wear her teeth down if it stays in the position it is in now. I'm going. This is over perfection. Well, this is this is, but this is part of the thing. So she's there for the conversation. So that's fine. So it's sort of that. It's like you have an app, you fiddle around with app, and then then you go to the doctor, the the dentist, and the dentist goes, "You should see an orthodontist. We can probably get those teeth perfect." And then so like, you know, life imitates or yes. becomes art or art, however that sounds. Yeah, goes. exactly. Life imitates apps. Hey! Yes. Well done. <laughs> Dad, you're not cool. Does your child have a sixth sense? Well, one of my children does, totally. But that's not the story we're telling today. I saw a woman on Facebook this week pose a question to mums. Can kids sense pregnancy? She wrote, my 16-month-old patted and kissed my tummy as I was putting him down for a nap and said, mummy baby, has anyone else's little ones picked up on a pregnancy before you found out? So sure enough, comments flooded in. Lots of people saying, yes, this happens. Yes, babies and toddlers can sense when you're pregnant. They say that dogs are the first to know, first to know an earthquake. So are the children the first to know when mum is pregnant? Have you ever heard of this happening? I've never heard of it, but it would make sense. Why? Well, because um, of my belief in the psychic <laughs> lack of belief. Well, because, you know... Kids do sense things, not in a psychic way. Would it be a psychic way? The body change, you know, like the well, I fire think, rhythms. I think, the idea, fire I rhythms. think the idea here is that the mother hadn't told them, obviously. Yeah. Hadn't told her child. So the mother knows. I think she must have known. Um, oh, no, she didn't know. So it was before she found out. So she didn't even know yet. And the baby padded said, Mummy, baby. But then they could have just been doing that anyway. Like my kids went through a phase of being obsessed with pregnant women because a lot of their friends' mums were pregnant. Yeah. And so they were always like, has that person got a baby in them? Has that person got a baby? And I'm like, shh, no, they don't. <laughs> they just had a pie. And, then, <laughs> and if you ask me, I'll give you a little... <clears throat> anyway, but my late mother-in-law, who I've talked about a lot on this show, is a remarkable woman, but she was a psychic, right? She actually was a psychic. Well, yes, and I am not a big believer, but she was a psychic, and I loved her, so whatever, Julie, that's fine. She always thought she's, that... She's listening. Of, yeah, totally. But she always thought that one of my kids was psychic or would be psychic, and it's completely freaked me out. So I'm always like, whenever they say things that sound a bit spooky, like Billy said to me once, he said, there's a little girl in my room. And I was like, oh, my God! <laughs> 
It's come true. He's being haunted. But it was his sister. <laughs> uh, unrelated story. Anyway, do kids have sixth sense? I think that some of them probably do because they're very tuned in with their mums. You know, like little kids are very yeah. tuned in with their mums. They spend a lot of time with them. They're always like, so it's possible. It th- there could be the other thing, which is what you're alluding to, I think, is, um, you know, mummy, baby, and the babies come from mummy. Yeah, it could be that simple. Yeah. And then mum goes, well, hang on a second. Uh, Brent and I did have a bit of a night. It <laughs> was the first name I thought of. I should have said Kendrew. <laughs> Kendrew and I. Willie Arm. Um, <laughs> I should have said something else. I didn't mean Brent. Uh, you know, but, know. You know, so they'd probably be going. You'd be thinking back. You'd go, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I better get the tester. And then there's the other thing is that you could be talking about it with your partner and they hear. Yeah, of course. How are we going to tell him? Let's let him tell us. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, Molly, you're getting fat, you are. No. Have another try. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. As I mentioned at the start of this show, the program was recorded before the terrible events in Manchester this week. Events that are very close to my heart, seeing as that's the city that I grew up in and where much of my family still lives. But one of the most difficult things about this week has been talking to my kids and to their friends and All of my friends are struggling with that, about how to talk to them about something that just doesn't make any sense, how such a monstrous thing could happen to innocent children. It made us remember the conversation that Andrew and I had about Paris 18 months ago, not long enough ago. And we um, talked about how you can discuss that with your kids. So we're going to revisit that. But we'd love to hear from you so that we can talk about this maybe in a bit more depth in a future show. What do you tell your kids when horrible things happen in the world? How do you explain it to them? How do you deal with it? We would love to know your feelings. So please give us a call on 2 And we hope that this conversation from 18 months ago might be a little bit of help. Talking to kids about terrorism. A very serious topic, obviously, this week. Parents are all chatting about how to explain random acts of terror to their kids. How young is too young to understand? And how do you walk the line between informing and frightening your kids when awful things are happening around the world? So we asked parents around our office at Mamma Mia if they spoke to their kids and if they did, how they did. No, I didn't actually. Uh, I have a nearly nearly four-year-old and a nearly one-year-old. Um, and I, um, I actually just don't know how I would explain that to a near four-year-old. I'm really conscious that there's that children are really worried about terrorism, and my children are, like a lot of other children. So, to be honest, I played it down a bit, and I told them how safe they were in Australia because I think they have enough to worry about. I was quite upfront with them. I tend to be quite upfront with them because I work in the media. I tend to be fairly honest with them. I didn't really want them watching the news like on a loop, but at the same time I just spoke to them honestly about the fact that it was a terrorism attack 
and uh, we talked a little bit about where those that tends to be confined. My oldest child is seven. My other children are too too young to speak about anything. But uh, I did, and we words really fail you to adequately describe what happens, what's happened to a seven-year-old. Andrew, what happened in your house? In, I mean, we talked about it, but and we've talked about. Um, it's interesting because you you go through the normal. It's almost a cliched line, but it's the right line: is that we can't stop living for what these people are doing, and which it, it just sounds. I mean, it is the right thing to do, mm. and certainly, certainly to say and believe, but it's almost sort of sounding almost trite, if you know what I mean. I know it sounds a bit empty, even though it yeah. is true. Did your kids want to talk about this? Because your kids are quite grown up, so they would have much more awareness of what was going on in the world than, say, my kids would. Did they want to talk about it to you? Uh, oh, uh, not really. We, I mean, just... we talked about it. I mean, we, 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 it was a discussion. You know, they don't need to be told to how to feel about it because they're, actually they're probably more and better versed in feeling and, and understanding their feelings about it than we are as adults. Mm-hmm. I, and I really think that because they, they're in tune. It's interesting to think about at what age you should start talking to your kids about serious things like that, right? Because my children are little, three mm. and five, and we had been on holiday and we got back on Saturday afternoon, and that news, and as I say, we'd been unplugged. So uh, that news kind of flooded into our world in a shock. I was very conscious not to turn on the television. My natural instinct as a journalist, I wanted to put on the television and immediately be in the story. But if my kids saw that on the television, the questions would be endless. And although I don't believe that they shouldn't be asking those questions, they're too small. Like, in my yeah. opinion, they're too mm. small to be able to understand it. So Matilda did see something, and she asked me, why are all those people so sad? And I said um, that something terrible had happened and that a lot of people had died overseas. And I didn't really encourage much more conversation. Mm. But this week I've been talking to a lot of other parents and I've been looking online about what you should and shouldn't do. Um, A lot of people say that if the kids want to talk about it, then you should talk about it. That you should be very open about the level of threat and risk because a lot of kids want to say, well, could that happen here, Dad? Could that happen to us? Could that happen Mm. to us? And you shouldn't. And, they, and I was reading this very interesting article today in the Guardian by Anne Perkins, who was saying you should never say no because that's not true. But you should never, obviously, big up a threat. But you should talk about whatever they want to talk about, and then when it comes to that issue, be as honest as you can. There are a lot of people trying to make sure that doesn't happen here. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that well, that's kind a good of way to do it. I, I think it's hard with younger kids because uh, you know a big huge 98% of me thinks they should be able to live in a bubble of, mm. of happiness and joy because they're going to spend the rest of their lives worrying, about, worrying about things anyway. So the longer we can protect them from it. The better. Yeah. It's interesting because pretty... some parents feel very strongly about it in going, um, I, I'm going to make sure they see it from an early age. I'm not going to shield them. Whereas I kind of right. think, well, if they see it and they ask questions, I'll talk about it. But I'm not going to go, guess what happened today? You it's don't like want to have that no. conversation. But your kids, they weren't, weren't frightened? Uh, I, th- I think genuinely shocked. I'm not sure they were frightened because I still think even though, you know, they're getting older, they're still living in a sort of a relative life bubble of teenagers. And, I mean, don't forget when you're 16 to 25 anyway. It's all about you. It's all about you and you're bulletproof. And, yeah, I, I reckon I would have got one of them. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, I, 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 so I think, and, and I kind of like that attitude in a way as well, you know, I like that bulletproof thing of youth and that you know you are relatively invincible because again soon enough you'll find out that you're not no so this expert said wrote in the thing said be truthful 
but be reassuring. Yeah. And I think that's a good lesson. Great I'm going to think about that. Is yeah. Be honest, but don't, you know, but always reassure them. Robin Bailey. <laughs> yes, Rebecca Sparrow. It is so good to see you and be back in a studio with you. Yes, because we are back for season two of the Well Wholehearted Conversations for a Better Life. Uh, excuse me, award-winning. Oh, yes, we won an award. We won a podcast award. <laughs> we have got a jam-packed Lean forward, you're going to love it, season two, haven't we? Yes, talking about things like love languages, which is something that I have spent a fair bit of time on. I, and don't, even ask, I don't even know what they are. That's okay, I'll tell you. Oh. <laughs> In oh, I that episode, not I, now. Yeah, I can't wait for this one. What do you do, Rob, if your mother is not the mothering what do you mean, like baking stuff and making sure that Nurturing, you... Yeah. <laughs> kindness, <laughs> the basics. So join us for The Well, Wholehearted Conversations for a Better Life with me, Rebecca Sparrow. And me, Robin Bailey. You can subscribe in iTunes or find us in the Mamma Mia podcast app. Nailed and failed. How did you do this week, Andrew? Tell me better than last week. Come on. <laughs> My 16-year-old daughter has a male friend. Oh, is it a boyfriend? He isn't. He's now a boyfriend. They have been tuning. Tuning. That's what they say, right? What does we that go. Mean? So they spent two weeks tuning. I went. What's tu-? I said tuning? What, tell, give it. Use that so in the context. So you said been tu- who's tu- Bobby? Are and you, you said. Yeah. Are you going out? We're, no, we're tuning. Oh, okay. What's that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> oh my god! What does that mean? So tuning means they're just getting to know each other. But like a bit on, like a, a bit would like approve. a vibe. She would say, "Oh, okay." So I said, and I, I said, "Oh, okay." So you're not going out then? Definitely not going out. He's not your boyfriend. He's definitely not my boyfriend. So you walk down the street, and there he is, uh, and he's and he's in a massive lip lock with some other girl. How do you feel? Well, terrible. I'd kill him, but he's not your boyfriend, right? So it's interesting. And the thing is, and I'm, it's not a nailed or a, you know, it's. A, I really, really like him. Oh, and that's I'm, a good. That's a nail. He's lovely, right? He's a lovely. He's a lovely kid. Lovely boy. He's a kid too, so he's fifteen. And it's That's nice, cool. you know, he comes around, rides his bike around, dumps at the front yard. You know, he's very polite. And, and, um, and I just wonder if, and I've said to her, he's a, he's a lovely, I've, I think I've got to talk him down to keep him around. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if I go, it's oh! true. If you, know, you tell her that he's amazing, he's she'll an, stop liking yeah, him. Yeah, he's an idiot, I should say to her. Yeah. Don't but he's like not. He's, a, he's, a, he's a, like the perfect. I don't know if this is your nail. It might be your daughter's nail, but the first boyfriend being like not twenty-two and having a, yes. like a you know that's that's a win. I think it's a win it's a there. Huge win, <laughs> and also because he's like a young, you know, he's a he goes surfing, goes surfing by himself, so he hasn't has, doesn't have to hang with all the peeps, yeah. so he can do his own thing. Oh, so anyway, so good. it's it's re- it's interesting. So I think I have this to is just... alarming news because. Go on. Sorry, finish. No, no, I've just got my hands up going. Think, just back off. Back off. Yes. Stop inviting him round. <laughs> don't invite. Don't be too eager. Don't be too eager, Andrew. Oh, okay, Mitch, what are you up to? Yeah, no, no. Let Mitch come to you. <laughs> this you is alarming because my daughter's seven and I have exactly the same snail nail. Snailed. I don't know. I think maybe I failed because... Matilda's seven, and she came home the other day, and I said, did anything exciting happen today? 
I always say that. She hates it. It's great. Yeah. Did anything exciting happen at school today? And she goes, is getting a boyfriend exciting? <laughs> Did she have her head tilted to she one side seven. when she said it? Did she go, does... <laughs> I was like, uh, excuse me, what? <laughs> and she's like, yep, got a boyfriend. <laughs> He's called Blah. He's in it. And I'm like... I like the way you're protecting his uh, identity. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Here's this photo that we've pixelated. (laughs) Yes, exactly. If anybody knows this child. Um, And I was like, "Um, what does having a boyfriend mean? Like, what does it entail when you're seven? What makes him your boyfriend? Because Matilda's got lots of boyfriends. What makes him your boyfriend, I say? And she says, shut up, mom. (laughs) She's seven. Can we just reiterate that? She's like, Mom, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm like, well, you're the one who brought it up. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> so now I'm just left with this thing hanging over my head. My seven-year-old daughter's got a boyfriend. She won't tell me anything about him. I'm like, she told me to shut ni- up. Yeah, she told me to shut, shut up. up. Is he a nice boy? Yeah. And then the next day, so I keep pushing because that's what we do, right? I keep pushing. Next day, I'm like, tell me something else about this boy. This the pixelated kid. <laughs> He's got three girlfriends, she says. He's got oh, three girlfriends. I'm good. one of his three girlfriends. I'm oh. like, I don't know about that. I don't. <laughs> then I start getting all indignant on her behalf. It's not like I want her to have a serious relationship with this kid, but for some reason I'm indignant well, about she, the fact well, she's Hugh one Hefner. of three. What's wrong with being with Hugh Hefner? Yeah. <laughs> so it's hilarious. So I don't know if it's a nail or a fail about whether or not I got that conversation right. But if anybody out there has any ideas of, like, you know when your kid drops something... And then you want to pursue it, but they won't let you. How you? I don't know. How do you deal with that? <laughs> you tell me. But anyway, I don't think we really need to worry about this situation. Yeah. I just think it's funny that she's got a boyfriend. Yeah, I got a boyfriend. Shut up, Mum. <laughs> shut up, I don't Mom. want to talk about it. Actually, you know, That's I could, hilarious, actually. I could be overselling the shut up. She might have just was like, Mom. but like she definitely just right, told me to go, stop asking. Go with the shut up. Shut That's up. great. Yeah. With a hand on her hip. You know, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Slams the door. Nah. I'm like, no, you can't have my phone at night time. <laughs> I've not texting him. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like the world is coming rushing Wow, wow. It does, though. It does. Rage. And the best part is it's actually okay. Oh, good. I hope so. I believe. That's all for this glorious mess today. You can buy any book mentioned on our podcast today from iBooks at apple.co forward slash Mamma Mia, where you can also subscribe to all of our other shows in one place. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. If you love this show, tell your friends, tell everybody. We would love that. Yeah, and if you've got some thoughts on anything we've talked about or advice... See, we're comp- the only reason we talk about stuff is because we want your help. Yes, so um, the best way to do it, you can ring on the uh, the pod phone, which is uh, 028999386, um, or there's a website, uh, email, sorry, tgm at mamamia.com.au. This show is produced by Rachel Wagner. The executive producer of podcasts at Mamma Mia is Monique Bowley, and the head of entertainment is me, Holly Wainwright. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much. Thanks, Hall. Thanks, Andrew. Bye.